It's another great week. This week we have Chloe Caldwell, a star, a star travel writer. First of all, I met this girl at Botox <laughs> and she ended up becoming like an incredible travel writer. You write for Uprox, Trip Savvy, you have your own blog. She's crushing it. She writes for everybody. Chloe Caldwell, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so excited to be here and talk on your podcast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Like, you're my first pod of the New Year. I feel honored and so excited for all of the travel and adventures to come in the year. So it's, it's good. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in travel writing because I feel like it's a fun story. Yeah. I feel like it really was all kind of serendipitous. I started writing in more of like fashion and beauty field and then randomly got to go on a press trip to Jamaica and I was like the bottom of the barrel at my company editorial assistant there were so many people above me that should have been able to go but just couldn't due to scheduling or you know whatever reason so then I got to go and I met other journalists who worked in travel there and I kind of realized like wait I can make this my whole job so then from there I really decided I wanted to pursue it and then I met you at a freaking Botox party. Is this not the most <laughs> LA origin story ever? I went to this Botox. My friend Bree, she's been on the pod. She was like, come to this Botox party with me. I think they're going to give away like discounted Botox. And I was like, I'm down. I meet this like young, gorgeous blonde girl. And she's like, I really want to be a travel writer. And how do I, you know, whatever. So we like started chatting a little bit about it. And like people say that mm-hmm. kind of all the time. They're like, oh, I want to do that. Or I would like to. And, you know, they kind of just like don't or don't follow up but like you were like you followed up you emailed me we FaceTime like you were just like on it come to find several years later I'm talking with like the editor of of one of the sites we write for and he's like yeah talk to my girl Chloe she's she can handle something and I'm like wait and I see Chloe call I'm like wait I know this name and I'm like, wait, Chloe Caldwell <laughs> from the Botox event? Like, and I, you were just like, and his right hand man, like, I, and I was like, yes, queen. Like, that is it. Oh, thank like, you. That's the vibe. Like, <laughs> she like literally, I'm telling you, she took my advice. I, I barely gave you any, and you were just like, got it, good. And went off and became like this amazing star travel writer. Oh, thank you. And so I was like, yes, that is the energy. And that's what we're bringing into 2023. Yes, definitely. That's it the was, vibe. It was a struggle to get there, but I just feel like I saw what I wanted to do and really, you know, spent like a full year working at it. Yeah. Now I'm doing more fashion and beauty again um, and still doing, you know, travel on the side and hope to do it full time again. But yeah, it was, it was a process, but it was worth it. What was that process though? What was it like? So you decide, you know, you go on a press trip, you're like, this is so cool. What, what's the leap? What do you have to do in order to go from like, this seems like a cool job and that could be anything, whatever Mm -hmm. you're pursuing. Like this seems cool. I want to do it, but I have no idea where to start, how to get into it. It seems like a out of reach. Like what is the process then to go from, I want something and I'm, how do I get it? I would say the first thing I did was talk to people who are already doing it. So I met you for example, and then I found people on LinkedIn. I even watched some YouTube videos that were just like how to be a travel writer and took notes and, you know, whatever I could from those people. And everybody has different kind of advice to give. So just taking what I learned from every person and trying to implement it. And then, you know, just like continuing to reach out and pitch myself to people like editors and just to hotels, like basically 
asking for a free <laughs> night or two to potentially get a story out of it. Um, I also started my own blog and that kind of helped me just practice travel writing on my own and then, you know, using it as an example to give editors and things like that. Um, I also took a lot of non-travel writing jobs to just be able to work and pay my bills and um, continue to build my network and things like that. So I would say the number one tip from me would be to reach out to people who are already doing it and learn from them. I mean, I think that's like such a big thing is like putting yourself out there constantly. It's not just putting yourself out there once or twice. It's the every day or the weekly or whatever, like grind of like pitching yourself and like begging people for opportunity and being like, like being so annoying that they can't say no to you. I I was so persistent. And I always said to myself, if they don't say no, then I'm going to keep reaching out. If they're just ignoring me, I'm going to keep following up until they respond or like I never hear back or whatever. But just being so persistent just to the point what, where you feel annoying, but no, it could work do, out. Just do what drunk guys do to you at the bar. You know? Like don't <laughs> just, just annoy the shit out of you until you get, I mean, that's really raping. It's girls, like but, the professional but, version of a you up text. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. Well, mazel because Thank honestly you. you're crushing it and I love I love it I, I was so excited when I saw it was like only a couple years later and mm-hmm. you were already like had this like great position travel writing all the time you're constantly on trips like your Instagram's gorgeous like oh, thank you're just, you <laughs> you're crushing it so I'm I'm so impressed and I you're a badass I appreciate that and you really helped from the beginning so I mean, honestly, all I did was like talk to you for a yeah. little bit and be like, yeah, reach out to this editor, whatever. And I tried to tell, but like, you know, most of the time uh, people just don't really yeah. follow up, but you were like, no, got it. Good. You know? <laughs> and so mazel. Um, so, okay. We have some opening questions. Yes. I love my opening questions. Okay. They're very important to me. Um, so I just, I think they're fun. I feel like they're fun ways for everyone to get to know you um, in and out, you know? So we're going to start in to out and ask what is your most epic diarrhea story <laughs> while traveling okay I love that you quest- asked this question first of all because I feel like everybody has a traumatic story related to like travel poop <laughs> it's just everyone has a fucking story everyone has like some Australian did something like they fucked some Australian on a beanbag chair they pooped somewhere glamorous you know some flight got to everyone has like those stories so yeah. yes okay tell us yours Okay, this is so embarrassing. I honestly don't think I've actually told this story before because it's just like so bad. But, you know, I'll I'll share it here. This is a safe space. Um, I would say my worst travel diarrhea story was on a road trip in college. And I actually was a um, college cheerleader and it was my senior year and we were on a road trip to cheer camp. And it was out of state, like eight to 10 hours away. So the night before we drove part of the way, had dinner at the Cheesecake Factory. I got a pasta carbonara and I have a sensitive (laughs) stomach. So then the next day we're driving through the middle of nowhere, like literally middle of nowhere, Washington. There's just fields for miles. And I, it like hits me and I'm like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom like right now. And so I start freaking out. I'm in the car with a few of my teammates and I'm like, you guys, we got to find a rest stop or something. We got to go I got to go to the bathroom. Like, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> like, in front of the team. Yeah. Luckily, it was only a few people because um, we were, like, caravanning in cars. But we're, like, looking up rest stops. There's nothing. There's no gas station. There's literally nothing for miles. Like, middle of nowhere. The only thing that we could find that was around and open was a mechanic shop. So I'm like, we got to go. And we, like, go up to this mechanic shop. It's, like, a car full of cheerleaders get out. It's, like, these car guys working on their stuff. And I 
I go up to them, I'm like, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> and they're like, um, yeah, okay. And then I finally get to the bathroom, and it's like slow motion. I'm like running to the toilet, and then I was so close, and I didn't make it, and I literally shit my pants on the way to cheer camp. <laughs> this is the kind of bring it on. It's like if bring it on was a TV show, this would be an episode. Yeah. It's bad. Oh, my God. So embarrassing. And then... And so what did you do? What did you have to do? Did I you just, change, like... Did you ever change your clothes? Yeah, I, I did. And we all had to match. So my whole team had to change their shorts. So that Shut we could match. Because <laughs> we had to wear matching outfits. So I, like, changed my shorts, texted the whole team, like, um... Let's wear these other shorts today instead. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. That's epic. That's yeah. an epic story. So there you go. That's my worst did they question, story. Did they question you? Nobody said anything, but I think low-key everybody knew. You know what I mean? I feel like, well, everyone in the car knew. And I think they, ever, they were super nice about it, obviously, because it was like, oh, my God. I think it was like a food poisoning type situation <laughs> from the Cheesecake Factory. But not this is not good PR for the Cheesecake Factory, no. but I'll defend them to the death. I, I still go, so it's fine. I'm so sorry <laughs> that happened to you, but I have to say thank you for your vulnerability. You're welcome. It's important <laughs> that we share these stories and we normalize shitting your pants at cheer camp. <laughs> um, incredible. Oh, God. The seven op- second opening question <clears throat> is, what's your most epic like fight story while traveling? If you don't have like a big fight you've had, just something that annoys you while traveling. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever gotten a huge fight with anybody that I travel with. Um, I guess a travel pet peeve of mine is like when people are really strict about their itinerary like I obviously want to have plans and things to do but I think that things come up and you know plans change and just being able to be flexible with your trip is important Mm -hmm. so I think I struggle to travel with people who aren't flexible or I don't know so what do you do let's say we're on a trip and someone's just like this is how it's gonna go period and you're like I hate everything that's going on right now like what do you do I feel like I'm not afraid to go off and do things on my own. So, like, if they want to sit by the pool and relax and I want to go do something else or they have, like, a night tour that they want to do and I just don't want to, I feel like I would just say, okay, well, I'm going to go do this. Like, you have fun with that. <laughs> well, that actually is perfect because yeah. this episode today is when we're going to talk a lot about solo female travel mm-hmm. because you do tra- – I mean, as travel writers, like, we do go on a lot of trips yeah. alone. But, you know – we have this weird thing. Men don't have this where they can go travel alone. Like they can tell their stories of how they hitchhiked across in mm-hmm. Bobway or whatever. And like, no, we're, and it's like, we hear that. And we're like, okay, we would fully be sex trafficked. Yeah. Literally. So I would love to talk to you about like, because you've traveled so extensively, how many, how many places have you been now? Like probably you're always on the go. I don't know. There I, was a period of time where you were like, yeah, always traveling. over the last like y- year and a half, I was gone kind of all the time. Um, I've really only been on a handful of, so big solo trips um but I feel like in the last year I kind of prioritized that and right. have learned a lot from it so like you just got back from Paris I did and that was probably my biggest solo trip to date um I've also gone to Canada solo and Hawaii solo a couple other places what um what was the tr- Paris like what was the did you plan on going with someone or and it didn't end up working out or did you it was more like I had an opportunity to go to Paris I asked around if anybody would be able to come and they couldn't, but I'm never going to let that stop me from going. So that's kind of how I fell into solo travel anyway. Like if I have a trip that I want to go on, nobody can go with me. I'm going to go anyway. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how Paris was. So do you feel, what are you like before you go on a trip alone, walk me through what you're thinking about. Like how, how are you making your decisions on where to stay? Mm-hmm. How are you making your decisions on where you want to visit, what you want to do? Are there things that you might not do that you would have done had you been with someone else? Like walk me through your thought process when planning a solo female travel trip. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I never really go out at night when I travel alone for obvious reasons. Like you just don't want to be out in the streets of a foreign city by yourself um, late at night. But um, but for preparation before a trip, I try to research the neighborhoods and the best things to do. And I like really, I do plan a pretty good itinerary when I'm going somewhere by myself, just so I'm always aware of where I'm going and what I'm doing. Um, and just look up the best places to stay, like what neighborhoods would be good for me and whether it's close to everything that I want to do and things like that. Are you doing more hot? Like, are you doing hostels? Are you doing Airbnbs? Are you doing hotels? Like, I feel like when I do solo trip, I always stay in a hostel, even though oh. I like I'm I like to be bougie, but I feel like there's an instant crew. I like to get a private room at a hostel, mm-hmm. and so I can be by myself. I can like leave my shit in a place, not to worry about it. I don't have to, like I don't want to do dorms. I don't, I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, but like. I do like the the fact that at a hostel, even if I don't stay there, I like to like go to the bar at a hostel mm-hmm. or something. There's so many young travelers, and they're all kind of going to the same places. And so it's it's a great way to just sort of create an instant crew for yourself and also be safer. What's your – where are you staying? I've stayed talking? at hostels, but I honestly prefer hotels for some reason. I think I just like coming back to like my own space every night. But when I'm out traveling, I do like – alone I like I do like to sign up for tours and things like that because that's kind of how I feel I I meet people Mm -hmm. so actually when I was in Paris I met three other women solo travelers um one was on a tour one was just sitting next to me at dinner and uh one was when I was taking pictures alone um outside of the Eiffel Tower and she stopped to ask if I needed help (laughs) girls are the best for I know right I was like doing self-timer and just like standing by myself because you you got to do it when you're alone if you want your content so of course um, but yeah, so just tours and things like that is really how I meet people. And just kind of being, I think when I sit down at a restaurant when I'm solo traveling, I'm not really on my phone. Like I am kind of trying to be open to the people around me that might come up and things like that. Because I think people are more curious about you when you are alone and mm-hmm. kind of can spark conversation. Do you feel nervous at all about traveling alone or are you just kind of like whatever? I I think I there is a little bit of nerve, but... I feel like I've gotten to a point where I don't so much think about that. Um, like, I go on a trip and it, it's not a huge worry, but it's obviously something to be cautious of. Um, the only thing I think I worry about when I'm alone is getting lost, or especially in a city like Paris where not everybody speaks English. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's more getting lost and figuring my way around. That's the hard part when I'm alone. I feel like that's the best part of traveling now, though, is that, like, Google Maps can get you anywhere. Like, you can, exactly. if you have a, a working phone, you can never get lost, truly. Yeah, so I think I would definitely recommend bringing portable charger if you're a solo traveler um, because you are going to need your phone a lot just for getting around and, you know, finding your way through the city. Yeah, and making sure that you have, like, an international data plan or the SIM mm-hmm. card that works yeah. there. Um, because, like, it's a lifeline, truly. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so tell me what you were doing. Like, what are you doing every day in Paris? I did a lot. I really packed a lot into the first few days, um, and then I got a little bit sick after that. But within the first few days, I walked, like, 10 miles a day. And I definitely think it's a city that's worth just walking through um, and wandering the streets because the architecture and stuff is so beautiful. But I walked – uh, you know, did all the classic tourist things. Like, especially on my first day on a trip, I like to just do the tourist stuff, like Eiffel Tower. Bang them out. Like, all those things. I also signed up for a couple tours, like I said, to, you know, get an experience out of the trip and also meet other travelers. So I did a food tour with City Experiences that took us through 
11 different or sorry nine different small business restaurants and we tasted like 11 different French foods and that was actually a really cool way to not only taste French food but to learn about the history of it because it is such a foodie culture and then I also did um you know like a tour of the Louvre Museum which is a classic tourist destination but it was cool getting to learn more about the actual art pieces instead of just like wandering through looking at them all so what are you where are you looking for tours are these places that you've worked with in the past, like in a, in a press trip capacity or like, how do you know if it's going to be like a cheesy, boring, awful tour yeah, or if it's going to be like cool and interesting and right. fun? Cause I never want to be on a tour of like 50 people where it's just like, yeah. like cheesy, but old people being carted around yeah. with their fanny packs and shit. Exactly. No so shade at the fanny pack. <laughs> totally. But yeah. Which actually a fanny pack is a must to bring for Europe if you're by yourself or just in general because of pickpockets and things like that. Like you want to have something small that you can fit around your waist or under your jacket and whatever. Um, but I found these tours through a, like a PR friend actually and it's called City Experiences and it was like a group of like 11 people. So it was small and intimate and I think if you're going to do a tour like that, going for something with a limited capacity of like 10 to 15 people is like a hint that it is going to be a little more – or I should say a little less cheesy. <laughs> okay, because it's a more selective, a more curated experience. Yeah, and you can ask questions, and, you know, it's the tour guide is experienced, and it's more casual, so it doesn't feel so cheeky. Was this your first time in Paris? It was. Okay, so what – there's so much talk about Paris. There's so much buildup and hype, mm-hmm. and we all see these freaking Instagram pictures with the girls yes. getting proposed to, and it's like there's just so much buildup of Paris. It's like in Italy. It's like, you know, these classic places. So – what was the expectation? What was the reality of Paris for you? I feel like I went into it with a pretty open mind. Like, obviously, it is a really romanticized city. So I was kind of expecting to have my Chloe in Paris moment, which I did. <laughs> but I think it – I don't want to say it's like every other city, <laughs> but it's a big it's a big European city, and I think that it's – you can find other – European cities or non-European cities that are going to be just as glamorous and with just as much beautiful architecture and things to do. But I think it definitely is a place that everybody should visit at some point. Were you like, were you, oh my God, the fashion, everyone's decked out or were you kind of like, everyone looks just like any other people in any other city like I guess the buildup of like everyone's kissing on every corner and the fashion is so elite and like you know you're gonna meet the love of your some Frenchman is gonna take you on his like moped or whatever the hell and you're gonna have a Lizzie McGuire moment or whatever the hell it is like was it you know did you see a lot of that or I did see a lot of people making out I did okay I totally did and actually one of my friends from high school from was there at the same time and she got engaged under the Eiffel Tower and so there was a lot of that and it is a really romantic city like it's a city of love and I definitely every time I saw a couple kissing and whatever I was like dang I wish my boyfriend was here I want to make out under the Eiffel Tower totally. <laughs> so it is and I did buy probably the most expensive outfit I've ever bought while I was in Paris because I was like there's no better place so I think in that where did you go shopping senses. did you do the main or did you go to La Marais no I went to yeah I went to La Marais <gasps> so it's, yes it's smaller businesses and things like that um and La Marais if you don't know it yeah. is where the Jewish it's the Jewish quarter the gay quarter and the fashion like up and coming fashion quarters meet and so it is a triage of like dope cultures that was my favorite it was it's the best that is absolutely so cool when people say they don't like paris might go to la marais there's like thrift shops it's all and high-end shops like there's a little bit of everything and a lot of unique food there too yeah so yeah it was so what 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 was the outfit i wore it on new year's eve actually it was from Maje paris it's like a french 
high-end brand so okay. that was fun and it's like a little black skirt and a jacket oh totally so, had I'll your, wear it a lot you had your Chloe in Paris moment. I really did honestly you really did so I, like yes it's a lot like other cities but it's also at the same time worth the hype I feel like, you know, people really are like this whole thing of like off the beaten path and go like we're never explored. And it's like places are classics for a reason. You know, like some places have earned their stripes. Like I understand that it's like it's like New York. People say go to New York City. It's like it is. It's one of those places where you have to see it once before you die. Paris is that way. It's just it's iconic. And just because something's super touristy doesn't mean it's not dope or there's not cool new shit to learn about that place. Like it's always transforming and changing. And in any big city, I feel like there are going to be things there that are more off the beaten path. If that if that's what you're looking for, like maybe new bars or restaurants or speakeasies or things like that. Do you have any restaurants that you're like you have to check this out from Paris or do you have any shot like any any anything that you were like oh this is fucking yeah cool. there was one restaurant that I went to that a friend recommended to me called Le Hyde and honestly I'm probably really bad at all the French pronunciation of things but Le Hyde is <laughs> I'll look I'll get it I'll put yeah, it in the description yes. and people um but it was they have this like three to four course meal with like it was a Japanese French fusion by this star chef and you can do the tasting menu with wine and an appetizer and the main course and a cheese plate or dessert and I got a lobster ravioli to start and it was all so delicious so that's definitely a must stop restaurant on your trip it really is one of those things where like you can just walk into a bakery and just point to something that's the thing. and like everything is so good and it's so hack and cheesy and I know I know it's like French yeah but like truly they just care about food more yeah and I really didn't plan my restaurants that much because there's so to. many cafes yeah. that where it's like I honestly couldn't even tell you the name of some of the ones I went to because I'd be like this looks like a nice little cafe and then you get an amazing meal but that's the thing I feel like like they just care about food in a way that's just like it's so important it's like offensive if you rush a meal or if like you don't take care in preparing exactly so it's like you know you're gonna eat well wherever you go and you don't have to like worry too much about getting into the reserve getting the reservation Mm -hmm. or like making you know making sure you get into that it's like you'll have an amazing meal yeah like literally anywhere right and it's so good um I know you're in a relationship but like did you get to flirt No, heartless flirting, (laughs) like from a distance, no touching. Honestly, I really was kind of on my own the whole time. Um, Did you get lonely? Like when you're traveling, like are you lonely at all? I definitely can get lonely, and especially like in a place like Paris, when obviously it would be nice to have my boyfriend there. But I also, again, like I said, even if he or somebody else can't go, it's not going to stop me from you know going on some adventure that I've dreamed about. Mm. It definitely can get lonely, um, but. I don't know. Text, you're st- you're in Paris them. going to see the Eiffel Tower and like you doing all the things. It's still worth it at the end of the day. And you have a pretty like bubbly outgoing personality. Yeah, I it's mean honestly, I make you. friends pretty easily yeah, on the road. Yeah, yeah. Or even if it's just like a conversation with someone that kind of like satisfies that. your social hunger. <laughs> I I agree. I think our personality types. It's, I, mean, I know some people. It's like if they're shyer, more introverted, it's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. So I guess for like people who don't who it doesn't come as easily and naturally to just strike up a conversation with someone. Do you have any tips that like things they could do? I know a tour is good because it's a little bit more controlled. Like you just talk to the people that are there and it's not Mm -hmm. quite as, but like, let's say you're like really introverted and shy is solo female travel kind of out of the cards or what do you think? No, I think it, I think a lot of people hesitate with solo travel and they say like, Oh, I I can't do it. I can't go somewhere alone like that. Um, but it's cool that you do. And, And I think it's more so just 
out of their comfort zone. And that's kind of the beauty of it to me. It is uncomfortable, even for someone like me who can talk to a lot anyone pretty easily. So I would say it's definitely not off the cards for someone who's introverted. And it actually could be a really good learning opportunity for them to try and spark conversation with people. Um, but I would say, like, put your phone down, like I said, when you're at a restaurant and people might come to you. Um, and just if try to talk to people. Go, sit alone at the bar instead of sitting at a table at a restaurant and you're going to end up right next to someone and that's an easy way to spark a conversation because you're shoulder to shoulder at a bar so just yeah putting your phone down looking open to a conversation sitting at a bar instead of your table things like that smiling exactly not looking like you're pissed and you're yeah gonna murder them I love that okay so talk to me about like traveling in other places like have you traveled to any places that you consider like more dangerous or like you know, more, I don't, I don't want to be offensive. So we're not going to yeah. name where, but that you felt was like kind of a more sketchy, more dangerous area, uh, a solo. And like, what kind of, what precautions did you take in that, in those situations? Yeah. I think no matter where you go, there are certain things that you want to do to be safe. And especially in maybe a city or destination where you don't feel as confident going out alone, I always send my location to multiple people. I'll send a text saying I'm about to go on this hike or I'm walking home from a restaurant. Like I should be home in 20 minutes or in an hour. If I don't text you, like follow up. So that way someone always knows where you are at all times. Yeah. Like if you don't feel comfortable or if just like I said, you're going on a hike alone, whatever it is. I always send a text and share my location. I think that's just good practice for anybody traveling solo, even if you're going to like, you know, a luxury destination because – it's just, you never know. <laughs> you really, I mean, honestly, yeah. anywhere can be, that's the thing is like in, in so, like the quote unquote, like most dangerous places that I've been, I've felt really safe and totally yeah. fine. And exactly, then I've yeah. been in places where like, this is, no one's ever talking about how dangerous this is. And I felt completely uncomfortable and like really freaked out. Yeah. It can ha- the crime can happen anywhere, but like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I lived, I've lived in like some third world countries where like, mm-hmm. you know, it they're war-torn or, like, different things are going on. And, like, ultimately, I feel like people are willing to help out anywhere. Exactly. Especially if you just go up to someone and ask a question, most of the time they try to help you. Like, there was a couple times. Most people are good. Like, I think that there's so much – like, the news cycle is just, like, constant bombardment. And I'm not saying don't be careful and safe and mindful. Like, obviously, be very careful. Like, pack your maze, whatever. Like, have mm-hmm. a shank for all I care. Yeah. You know, like I, I know I get it, but I think the news cycle is so negative and so intense about how like the world's horrible and dangerous all the time. And yes, that is true. Like there is a huge sex trafficking is mm-hmm. huge and like all that stuff. But most people I feel like are decent human beings who like, if you go up to them and you're like, I really need help, they will help you. Yeah. Or if you go into a restaurant, like I need to make a phone, my phone died. I don't know where I am. I'm scared. Like I, there was one time where my phone died. I had no idea where I was. No idea. Oh my gosh. That is so scary. <laughs> and I, and I thought my phone had full battery. I charged it, but it didn't charge. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was walking out there. I didn't check. And I thought I was walking out the door with a full and it was completely dead. I had no idea where I was going. I didn't even know like, I was like, oh my God. So I like went into this bar and I was like, hey, I like need someone. I'll give you cash. Can you call me an Uber or whatever their version of Uber was? Call me Uber, like go home. And like the thing is there's a risk there because then they know where you're going. Yeah. And like, it's scary, but like, I didn't know what else to do. So I like looked for the most, I looked for a girl. Sorry. There's, you know, girls are less rapey. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I was like, I need your help. Like, and I'll give you cash for the ride and like whatever. And it's like, sometimes you're just, you just gotta take a chance and like go up to that. But like, 
make sure your phone is freaking charged and bring <laughs> a extra thing. Like these are the things you have to be like really on it about because I just don't think as women, like I know we're strong and all that, but we are more susceptible to, to predators. Yeah. It just is what it is. And like, there are things you just have to be way more on top exactly. of and you just don't have, it's, you can be all badass and all of that, but we have to unfortunately think about things a little bit more than our guy friends can. Yeah. You know? And I guess some things that I do when I'm walking around alone in a city is just trying to look like I know where I'm going. Yeah. Even if I don't know where I'm going, I have like my map in my hands, but I'm not like looking at it confused. I'm just walking through the city with confidence. Like I know exactly where I'm going, just yeah. glancing at my phone when I need to like turn a corner or find my way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a good way to even look like maybe you live there since you're by yourself. Like yeah. it, Doing things like that can help a lot too. Also, like, I'm not afraid to be a huge bitch if I have to yeah. be. If someone comes up to me and is being and is freaking me out, I am fine being like, get the fuck away from me. Like, get away. <laughs> from, I don't As care. You should, yeah. Like, I am not, like, I that, I know a lot of people are just like, I don't want to be rude. I'm a tourist. I'm, I'm like, yeah, but if you're making me uncomfortable, yeah. get the fuck out of my face before I go full psychopath on your ass. Like, I am not afraid to be like, yeah. and you kind of have to be that way. Exactly. And like, there are products you can get. Like, you can do a doorstopper for your hotel room for, like, added lock security or, you know, even bringing, like, a little padlock along to keep your purse or whatever closed. I just got my friend this gift. Um, I just got – it's called Birdie. Oh. And um, it's B-Y-R-D-I. I'll link it. It's um, a little so, – like, a, an alarm that you can put on your keychain. And, it, like, because you can't travel. You can't – you have to check a bag if you carry mace or something mm-hmm. like that. You can't bring that on a yeah. plane. So it's awesome. You can bring this on a plane. You just pull it, and it'll sound an alarm that's so loud and obnoxious. And then oh, you can cool. stop the alarm by just putting it back together. But let's say you're working in a parking lot, or you're walking like late at night, and you get approached by someone, and you just feel really uncomfortable and really unsafe. Just pull that out. Make a lot of noise. It usually scares people off if like you're bringing a lot of attention to you. So it's like there are products out there that can be helpful, mm-hmm. and I recommend Birdie a lot. It's really great. I'll link it. So it's just, it's unfortunate that like we do have to think a lot about this stuff, but I've not, you know, I'm here. I've never become a CNN headline. So (laughs) I've lived to tell the tale, you know, and I've been a lot, I've traveled a lot solo, so it can be done. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just being aware of your surroundings and I don't think it should stop anybody from going solo. Yeah. Maybe do your research of a destination. And if beforehand you think it might not be for you, then don't go. But there are plenty of places that people can go by themselves and be completely safe. What are some what are some places that you think are the best places for women especially to travel alone? I will honestly Paris was like such a perfect solo travel city. I yeah. felt like for one, Europe Europeans just run later, so people are just out and about at night, so you can be walking home in the dark and not feel scared because there's everyone's just going to dinner at like 9:10 p.m. Um and like I said I met three other solo travelers there so it's just like a really good city for that I also think that domestic travel is underrated if if you're new to solo travel go somewhere like a drives a drive away that you can get to or like fly to the next state over if you want to start small like there's so much in the United States that you can do and maybe you feel a little safer being closer to home totally I mean I think even just dipping your toe and going to uh, like a restaurant by yourself one night and just getting used to being by yourself honestly I think that kind of what's sparked my solo travel journey too is in 2020 I started taking myself on dates 
like once a week because it was quarantine. I had nothing else to do. Cute. <laughs> um, and I was like in this whole self-love journey or whatever. But I was taking myself on dates once a week. And that kind of like taught me how to have fun with myself and gave me some independence. And then eventually it turned into flying out of the country by myself. And I do think solo travel really teaches you how to have fun with yourself. In a sexual way, mostly. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> if you have a TSA-approved vibrator, bring it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you gotta you gotta have a, fr- a special friend with you. We're not judging. What was tell me talk about the self love journey you went on? We were tra- that's travel. That's traveling inward oh to my loving our brains. Yeah, I mean, I I think 2020 was kind of a catalyst for a lot of people to find themselves and do whatever um you know start over or whatever that looked like for them I had so much time alone and to think and I would go on like walks five times a day during quarantine and I just realized I really wasn't good at loving myself I didn't I didn't like who I was I was just like negative self-talking all day and it's not like you would look at me and think like oh she's so bubbly and fun or whatever but so it doesn't matter who you are everybody can have that negative self-talk and I think I just was like I'm gonna fix this because I don't like this and I want to make my my life better by loving myself better so then I don't know I went to therapy I I uh, started taking myself on dates I started journaling every day all these different things that just like really helped move me forward in that sense and then honestly I think that pursuing the travel and all of that helped because they helped each other because the more I love myself the more I could put myself out there and feel mm-hmm. confident about what I was doing and then the more I was challenged and you know traveling new places the more confident I got the more you realize like you can get yourself through whatever exactly and like you don't need a lot of other people mm-hmm. like you really have all the tools you need what um what was it about travel that like sparked you initially because a lot of people like to travel but they don't want to like dive head first into yeah. becoming a travel writer which honestly I know like it looks really glamorous and fun, and it is really glamorous and fun, but it's not like – it is exhausting, and totally. we're not complaining. We are yeah. very fortunate to be able to travel for free and as much as we do, and, like, most people don't ever leave their city, let alone country, let alone get a free trip to, like, mm-hmm. Fiji or whatever. So I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying, like, it can be taxing and grueling, and you don't make a ton of – you're not making a ton of money yeah. as well. So, like, it's a it's a commitment. Let's just say that. It's a commitment. What, what was it for you that, like, made it just, like – from a casual hobby to like, no, this is what I want to do. Well, travel has been a big part of my life since before I can remember. I have family in Europe and like all different places around the country. I've a lot of family spread out. So I was traveling at a really young age with my family and it's something that my parents prioritized. Like we would go on trips to see family, you know, across the pond. And it was something I always loved, but I think, I don't know. I just, I think I feel most myself and most at peace and, most joy when I'm traveling somewhere new and just I think there's so much to learn from travel um I feel like I meet people that I would never meet I get to try new things and I think it goes back to pushing yourself out of your comfort zone I kind of have I'm kind of somebody who isn't fulfilled unless I'm doing something hard or challenging which is a good and a bad thing but travel has been a challenge in some ways for me in a good way where it's pushing me out of my comfort zone. And I think that's kind of what drew me most to it. Yeah. It I don't know. Diff- I just got this idea in my head that I wanted to travel all the time. And I like loved that lifestyle and I it's, wanted to do it. It is. <laughs> it's truly is so addictive because mm-hmm. like it's such a high. And I think for me too, it was like, 
it was the one of the, it's actually kind of weird. I, it was one of the few times I don't feel anxiety. Like yeah. I feel anxiety all the time. I run anxious. Me okay? too. I am. Which an is ang- why it's kind of why I think I enjoy being like it's challenged kind of, and hard work, having to work really hard. Cause I'm like, it's uh. literal, like it's literal and figurative ex- escapism for me. It's yes. like, I am able to go somewhere and I don't feel like a lot of people would feel anxiety about when they're traveling. I feel the opposite. Me too. I'm like so present. I have to, because you kind of have to be. You're like, you don't know where you are. You don't know what you're doing. Maybe you don't speak the language. You really have to be on alert. And so I cannot be either focused in the past or the future. I have to be very, very present. Mm -hmm. It like shocks me into being very present. And plus you have this thing of like, I don't want to miss anything. Like I'm only here for a little while. Yeah, I think that's a big part of yeah my motivation so too. I think for people it's so funny like, people are like wait I like traveling makes me anxious I'm like it's the I'm anxious at home I'm anxious I'm thinking I'm I'm familiar with my surroundings so I have my brain has time to mm-hmm. go let's think about things that are completely out of our control and like that I can't do anything about and but if I'm traveling I'm like I gotta be really focused on what's going on and I think that is partly that escapism of like this is so out of my norm that I'm so, I'm like, it's like, and I don't know, it's like I zoom in really totally. intensely on on being alive and like and interacting with people and experiencing things. And it's just, it is, that feeling is so addictive. It is. And if you don't have it, you probably have it for something else. Like, it's like, you know, like. Exactly. Are, it's just like finding your passion. Yeah. I mean, any, anything you're like, oh, th- I like how I feel in this experience. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, I feel like most, like. I feel most excited and fun and adventurous, but at the same time, the most calm. Yeah, I feel the most, yeah, it's like, exactly. I'm like, it's a, it's a rush, but I'm very calm mm-hmm. and very, like, chill. And I also think, like, it's a good reminder because I think when you're in your same cycle at home all the time, you kind of do forget what's cool about you. Exactly. And then you meet all these people who are completely outside of your social circle, of your work circle, of your lifestyle. They're not used to that story. Maybe you live in LA and everyone's, and you're an actor and everyone's an actor here and it's not that interesting or special. And then you go somewhere where like, that's not, no one does that. And like, it, they don't know that, they don't know LA, they don't know that world, they don't know, or wherever you're from. And it's like, you kind of get to like reintroduce yourself to mm-hmm. the world and yourself you get to be like wait that yeah, is that's cool such a good point. that is cool about me and like that's fine like that's a good thing mm-hmm. sometimes you need a reminder of like what it is that is special about you through the eyes of like people that you've never met before yeah. and that are like completely different I mean and like vice versa you get to see, see yeah. all these other new people and different ways of life and then you learn there's so many ways to be happy that yeah. there is not your lifestyle is not the only one that will produce like a happy well-adjusted person yeah you can be anyone anywhere people grow up across the world in completely different posi- circumstances are very happy and doing great and fulfilled and you're like oh I don't have to worry about like am I doing it right am I doing it wrong there is like no there truly mm. is no right and wrong I mean wow this is my TED talk this is probably the most <laughs> soapboxy episode I've gone on but you know what I tend to have that effect on people <laughs> it's the self-love it's yeah. the, it's it's it's, it's totally, uh, it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's contagious. Oh, I love it. Thank you. But it's so true. Like, I really do believe that, like, that is so important for people to, like, get out of your comfort, get out of your comfort zone and then, like, realize there's just so many ways that you yeah. could be so, living your life. Something I've always said, or I guess something I've thought about recently about travel is that what I love about it is that you get to see how different we all are but at the same time how the same we are Mm -hmm. because like we're all so different there's so many different cultures but at the same time we're all kind of the same yeah we're all like 
annoyed at our mom. <laughs> yes. Looking for, for want to have a family, like or you know, like some in some capacity, either uh, a group of friends that feel like family, or you want to get married and have kids, or whatever, and a job that supports you and yeah. f- fulfills you in some way. That's pretty much across exactly. the board. Exactly. Everybody, and in terms of just like everyday life, everyone wants to go to a restaurant and eat, yeah. and go out to a bar, and like it's going to be different than the restaurants and bars that you go to, but. They're still there, and everyone's still, like, just looking for fun. <laughs> Unless you're, like, in the outback. Yeah. Which, Which I've is, yet to visit. That's, so. <laughs> so I'm in, like, a new, new like, I want to do, like, ultra wilderness shit. Yeah. I'm over the bar. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. the, the going out travel. Mm-hmm. But I just want to do, like, weird. Wellness and I want to do, a, yeah, and, like, just, like, I want to go hang out with a bear. Like, I want to do, like, weird shit that's, like, in nature while we still have this planet before we burn it all down. <laughs> Literally. I just, like, I want to go see the coral reefs that are, like, you know, before they all get bleached. I just like, I'm, I want to do all that shit. I don't, yeah. I'm, I think I'm just in my thirties now. So it's a different era of like. That's true. I mean, I guess like travel changes as you yeah. evolve yourself. Like There's, you're going to start liking different things. And yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about like some other press trips you've been on, like any memorable press trips that you thought were just like, this is fucking dope. Well, I guess my first big press trip that I went on when I started trying to pursue travel writing, it was with that Brox. I, went to Turks and Caicos and that was probably the most glamorous like luxury experience of my life <laughs> we went on an island hopping excursion to three different islands um that so, is so cool like and it was like luxury resort life and then it was like secluded a little bit more of a country life but still really luxury and it was definitely probably the most memorable trip and it was a special one because it was my first big trip oh they really like they gave it to you good on the first, on the first one. one they got Sucked you hooked me yeah, yeah. mine my most glamorous where I felt like Mariah Carey I was they sent me to Abrax sent me to um Tahiti oh cool on like a United Airlines trip and it was we all got our own like individual over the water bungalows and I was like oh my. that's I got, insane I got fingered by a hot Ukrainian shut up and I was like this is great yeah the hot Ukrainian like totally fingered me and then he dove into the water and swam to his bungalow after and I was like that is honestly incredible yeah so honestly it was pretty it was pretty great memorable I was like, trip <laughs> I don't need to get paid for this this has been great I don't need you know it was pretty fucking awesome yeah so but press trips are like such a unique it's such a weird experience because it's so not how most people are going to be traveling yeah they're like wiping your ass and giving you everything but you know it's aspirational totally if you if you have the money you could live like that. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I don't know. I feel like in 2023, people are going to be maybe going for more, like, luxury travel and, like, nicer trips. And Amazing segue. I was going to ask you, since it is the beginning of the year, it is January, what are the travel trends of 2023? You study this all day long. You are a travel writer. You're writing a million articles all the time. You're always in the – you're in the flow. What are the trends for this year? What are people doing? What's in? What's out? There are a few things that I think are going to happen. I mean, this whole episode's been about it, but I really do think that female solo travel is going to continue to grow in 2023. Like I said, I met three people, three women that were by themselves within five days in the city. So I think that's going to be a big one. And I think there's more resources now than ever for women who are like interested in doing that, but haven't done it before. I also think I've been calling it secret travel is going to be a big trend where people are going on vacation without telling their boss and just working from their destination. I personally haven't done it, but I've been seeing stories pop up about this on Twitter and just like different articles that people are like anonymous, anonymously telling, you know, the journalists that they're going on vacations every month without telling everyone. Lizness, like like, uh, luxury business or like um, there was something, some term someone had about like the hybrid workers that are just like, 
working from cool places and yeah. helping their bosses and figure it exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah. It's like put, like just go in front of a white wall for every Zoom call so no one's suspicious. But I don't know. I honestly think more people are going to do that because I think people are prioritizing work-life balance and they're just like, well, I want to go do this, so I'm going to. And if I can still get my work done, then why not? Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't, yeah. I uh, I did a little digging myself. I, and I, I kind of did a little research that – um, I, it definitely travel trends this year that luxury travel, mm-hmm. even more so than in previous years is way up. So according to Forbes, there was a survey by booking.com that found, uh, 49% of its respondents select that they're more likely to spend on their next trip to make up for all the lost time for during the pandemic and all the failed travel plans and the chaos of like all the trips getting canceled. Mm-hmm. People are like ready to spend. So 43% of respondents are also willing to go all out when it comes to costs. Like younger travelers are particularly looking to, to splurge in a big way, which I think that most people used to think like young travelers are going to go budget, hostel, mm-hmm. cheap, but younger travelers are like, I want to go big. Yeah, they're, they're like, like I'm saving to- for this trip. I'm going to make the most out of yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's like out is the, are the days of like, talking to college students like they have no like they and like people are just like going ham um yeah 80 percent of survey respondents for an Expedia study found that 18 to 34 year olds are willing to pay to upgrade their experience this is because probably they were saying that mid-range brands and mid-range experiences are cutting a lot of corners because of the economy and because of just generally the state of the world. And so you really have to pay extra for a luxurious experience yeah. because like, you know, cheaper airlines suck. Like even the good airlines, like don't have what they used to. Like, oh my gosh. The, it's the like, seats are more I've been here for five hours. Why did I get just a single bag of pretzels? Yeah. Like <laughs> everything, like pl- places are cutting corners a lot. No so, pillow. So, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> it, like flying when we were kids is different it hit, it hit different. Yeah. so I think that people are just like I want to spend on comfort and like what I imagine a vacation feels like and unfortunately it's falling on the consumer way more than yeah ever. I mean that's what I said like I said I was like honestly like I want to stay in a nice hotel <laughs> yeah I feel I mean you're you're like everybody else yeah and then also the dollar is really strong right now yeah it's almost one-to-one with the euro and a lot of places that people used to flock to uh when the dollar wasn't as strong like they would go to a lot of Asian countries mm-hmm. or um some South America Central America like places where the dollar was a lot stronger that was kind of like where the big destinations were but now because the dollar is so strong a lot of people this year are going to be going to places that previously it would have been harder to go to like yeah. a Japan Norway places where the dollar did go as far and they're like well it's still expensive but it is easier You're, now it's at least worth more when yeah, you go. yeah it's easier now than ever before um and then responsible travel I was gonna sustainable say travel. that too I think hopefully it's something that people continue to prioritize and I could even see more train travel and like domestic trips. Perfect. To- so yes, the, there's this place called Byway. Um, it makes it easy to avoid flying. So it's like a, it's all railway stuff, but it's a great, I'll put it in the description. It's called Byway Travel. And it's just like their whole thing is greater travel. There's also intrepid travel. There's a lot of like tourism companies that are making it a lot easier where it's not so fringe to, to do ecotourism and like, sustainable travel it's making it really really easy for Mm -hmm. the consumer to get to do responsible and more sustainable travel because we literally are completely destroying yeah and honestly 
I can't decide if like this podcast is a positive thing or a negative <laughs> thing. It's encouraging it's like, travel. Because it's like we are just destroying this planet. Well, it's, I think like cruise cruises really picked back up this past year and I'm like they're literally killing the ocean. Like, like I just <laughs> there I keep were seeing, so many cruises this year. I saw oh my god, the worst is I saw on TikTok this like um this cruise going to Antarctica Antarctica. And I'm like, we don't need to go to Antarctica. If you're not a science, like, researcher, penguin advocate or something, why are you going? Like, we don't need you to go. I would love to go. Yeah. Like, yes, I would love to go. But I don't think it's a good idea for me to go. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like. There's it's something- like, I don't want to hate on anyone's travel experiences, but it's just like, keep it in mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on you. It's like, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. have an opportunity to go, I mean, I get it. I do get it. Yeah. It's cool. Like I, of course, do I want to see a penguin in its natural habitat? I do want to see that. Okay. I do. But you know, I yeah, think exactly. we have to be totally mindful agree. of like the damage we're doing because in order for us to keep being able to see these cool places, they have to be able to continue to exist. Exactly. And so it's just like, it's the trash. It's the like, it's the like abusing the natural like wildlife and like, you know, people snorkeling and, and and scuba diving and, like, fucking with the fish, fucking with the coral reef, like, wearing... Yeah, and it's, like, if you're going to do those experiences, it's just obviously be respectful of the environment that you're in and... and yeah, try not yeah. to destroy... Don't I, and be, like, a I, frat boy exactly. in the forest. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I even think that, like, wellness and nature-focused experiences will be kind of a trend. Like, I, I think I wrote down that, um, like, you know, more retreat-like experiences mm-hmm. will be a thing. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people are doing a lot of uh, psychedelic experiences mm-hmm. too. Like my my friend is right is going to Spain in a, a couple weeks to do an ayahuasca retreat in Sevilla, Spain. Oh my gosh! And I that's like the I've I've heard so many people doing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, me and my roommate were like, should we go to Costa Rica and do ayahuasca? <laughs> the I mean, I don't is, think it's gonna happen. The but answer is yes, and I will go with you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It I've done ayahuasca. I've done ayahuasca, and it was incredible. I did puke for like my brains out, but it was like oh pretty chill. Um, <laughs> I was into it. Honestly, I did ayahuasca with like a shaman, but she was like, her name was like Samantha. It was like, I can't, I, it's like, I want to go to a shaman who's like an actual shaman. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, like it's a, a spiritual leader. It was a little whitewashed version of <laughs> yeah. it, but it was still cool. Um, crypto travel is in. Wow. Okay. So really? CNN, See, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the crypto space. <laughs> well, I'm dating a freaking tech bro. So I have to be. So, um, according to CNN in the U S insider intelligence estimates that almost 13% of the adult population now owns at least one type of crypto. Wow. And by the end of 2023, about 3.6 million people will be spending crypto. Uh, but cause previously it was just investing and trading yeah. and now they're going to be actually spending it. And there's all these travel and tourism companies that are looking into ways to advertise like you can use your Bitcoin or your crypto like Soneva resorts in Thailand and the Maldives. They now allow guests to pay for their stay in crypto. And in the fall, there's going to be this experiential travel and yachting company, um, Polaris, Polaris, Polaris. They are now accepting crypto payments for overseas adventures. Um, And borrow a boat. They now, if you want to charter a boat, they are also allowing that. So there's a lot more tourism and travel companies that are they're allowing you to use your crypto. I mean, crypto did have a crash, but if you still have any, (laughs) they're accepting it. I think it's gonna continue. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's cool. I mean, it's probably good for the tourism industry and for 
crypto bros. <laughs> and then the last thing, I mean, there's there's a ton. There's a lot more. I, I know that a lot of indigenous people mm-hmm. are, are hosting, um, you know, tours on their land. And that's a big thing. But last thing we'll talk about, there's a ton. There are a lot more tra- the trends, but these were some of the more, you know, unique ones I thought was set jetting. A lot of people hmm. have seen, because of like white okay, wait, lotus. Yes, I, yeah. I was thinking about this too. I was like, everyone's going to go to Italy next summer. <laughs> everyone's going to the White Lotus Hotel, which is the Four Seasons, Seasons in yeah. Sicily. Um, but there's a lot of set jetting where people are going to places where they're seeing on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, all their favorite shows. And people are just like flocking to these places. It makes sense. I feel like I'll be watching a TV show or a movie and be like, where is that? Like, where is this filmed? It looks so beautiful. So, I mean, honestly... Yeah, the White Lotus, I the that hotel shot up like five billion. Oh my god, percent. I bet. I keep getting press emails that are like, "This is where the White Lotus was filmed." Do you want to <laughs> go? And I'm like, I mean, it's a, it's just the Four Seasons, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like it's like. Yeah. You could go, like it's there, you know. But uh, that's pretty big. So that's gonna be like I don't know. I think in terms of like where people are gonna be traveling to, like I said, like the dollar is stronger, so people are gonna probably be going to places mm-hmm. where they can finally take advantage of the fact that like it's a little more reasonable and doable to go to those more expensive places like Japan, like Norway and all that. Yeah. I think people will go farther when they can right now. But domestic travel is still very big. That was also a big thing. It's like, I think the pandemic showed us that we have a ton in our backyard and you don't really need to like go. Oh yeah. Like I went, go and you went to Montana recently too, but I, I went, have to be honest with you. Montana was one of my favorite trips it, I've I ever during, taken. Like end of summer. And we went to the, which national park but we went to a national park and it literally I was like am I in Switzerland like there's so many beautiful green mountains and it looked I mean part of it also looks like Iceland like yeah. I like it America is so massive I mean if you're in the U.S. I know we have some people who are we love all our international listeners love you guys <laughs> but like a lot of the listeners are in the U.S. or Canada and um like honestly we have just it's so big we have so much yeah and and it's also different it's all so different and the people are so different and like it does sometimes feel like you're in a different country like yeah Montana does feel compared to LA they hate people from California too because (laughs) it's so funny to me I just kept running around to everybody being like I'm here to change your laws because everyone comes from California especially in the pandemic a lot of people moved to Montana and um and are also bringing their different political opinions which I think you know whatever whatever you believe in I respect you but you know if you are a local and have lived somewhere a long time and there's an influx of people coming in I get it that you're gonna be like get out get out like this is but um Montana was so it was one of the best best places I've best trips I've been on went skiing I went I went and visited a couple that we know so it was very local we did like a lot of the ski ski um, places that were like for locals. It wasn't as touristy mm-hmm. as, as like Whitefish. We didn't do that. We went to like Blacktail Mountain, which is like a lot of the locals. Um, so it was like smaller, but it was awesome. Like it was, and it was so much cheaper. Like mm-hmm. crazy. It was not well, that- that, That's what I was going to say. Like if you are a budget traveler, like you can even explore so much within your own state, especially if you live somewhere like on the West Coast or a bigger state, but your Driving, state or yeah. the states around you, like there's so much that's really not that far away. And, and if you want to, if you are interested in doing some like solo trips, I definitely, I, why would you go like in the deep end, like start the shallow end and wade yourself My in. first solo trip was literally to Tampa, Florida. And it was so much honestly, fun. Honestly, that's going to Mars I was for like, some people. Yeah. Tampa I, I honestly, is, I was so empowered. I was like, let's do this. I'm going to explore the city. And actually I was there solo because I was supposed to go. Like a guy was supposed to come with me and he literally bailed the night before because I was already in Florida visiting my grandparents and I was like oh like I met this guy at a wedding let's let's go to he lives close enough like 
come with me to Tampa, whatever. And then he bailed the night before. What a douchebag. I know, but I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go, like, have fun in freaking Tampa, Florida by myself then. And you can have a good time anywhere. Yeah, and honestly, it was so much fun. And I was like, I'm... And I remember feeling, like, really proud of myself. Like, I really did that by myself. And, like, I wasn't sad. I wasn't going to, like, let that stop me from going or buying a ticket home early. Like, I was like, let's do this. So what what are your next – as we wrap up, what are your, like, some of the trips that you're looking forward to this year, either solo or on press trips or with other people? My 2023 calendar is pretty open right now. So I don't have too much travel planned. I do plan on doing a lot of – a lot more – just like local weekend trips um, because I am working full-time more now. So I really want to explore more of California and just like road tripping a lot. I am hoping to go to Australia later this year. So that'll be for like two weeks and that's going to be my big trip of the year, but we'll see. That's so wide open. Chloe, where can people find you? Um, You can find me on Instagram at Chloe I Caldwell and on Twitter at Chloe I Caldwell. And on TikTok at Chloe I Caldwell. Um, and website coming soon, so stay tuned for that. Okay, amazing. We love you. You're a total global thought. <laughs> and you're a beast. So well, have you. an amazing 2023. Thank you for having me. We have to travel together. I know, we really do. Like, honestly, a trip together would be pretty iconic. Where should we go? We have to think of I thought we should go do, like, a fun, like, nature thing. Yeah. I would do, okay, like. I have, a, have you been to Costa Rica? It's one of my favorite places. I've never been, and that's, like, a, a huge one on my bucket list. So I'm like, down. I've never but, like, been to, but I've never been to Belize. Oh, okay. Let's do, like, a Belize nature, yeah. tropical. I really want to go to a yoga retreat. Like, I don't do yoga that much, like, but I love yoga. And I'm, like, I just feel like that kind of retreat sounds so nice. Like, I'll spiritual yogis. I'll do an ayahuasca. <laughs> you go to yoga. We'll we meet up in the middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Chloe. We'll see you okay. next time on Low Plotting with Chelsea Frank.